Welcome to the Animation for Adults podcast. My name is Evan Vernon, here today with a very, very important addition to our interview special. Today's guest is Joey Clift. Joey is a comedian, television writer, and a member of the Communications Subcommittee of the Animation Guild, also known as TAG. If you follow TAG, you're probably familiar with the Pay Animation Writers Campaign. The movement started last month in response to a massive long-term wage gap that has existed between live-action writers and their peers in animation. Animation professionals in general make far less than they should, and the Guild has finally decided that enough is enough. Campaigning on behalf of animation writers, TAG is currently negotiating higher minimums with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the trade association representing studios. Talks are still underway, and as negotiations continue, it's vital that we show TAG as much support as possible. We love animation at AFA, and we love the people who make it. It's the very reason this site was founded, and if you're listening today, I'm sure you feel the same. We hope you'll listen closely to Joey and take what he says to heart. Joey, thanks for being here. To start, tell us a bit more about the campaign, and if you could, tell us about yourself as well and how you got involved with TAG. Thank you so much for asking that question and for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, so uh, the Pay Animation Writers campaign is uh, designed to shine a light on just the huge pay disparity between animation writers and live action writers for what is literally the same job. Um, you know, uh, if you're not familiar with the campaign, um, animation writers make, uh, you know, anywhere from, you know, 50 cents to 30 cents on the dollar compared to live action writers. Our freelance rates are, yeah, you know, I, I think that the, the freelance rate for like a, a, an animation writer script is around like, $8,000 for a half hour script and like it can go as high as $27,000 for a live action script. Uh, so it's like, so it's an insane pay disparity. Like the, the week rates are also, um, you know, probably like equally dispersed as far as, you know, for like a, a member of staff and stuff like that. And, um, you know, something that I, uh, you know, before I, I guess, dive in too hard on that, something that I want to go into is like, you know, those numbers may seem really big, you know, like, you know, $8,000 for a freelance script. Um, but uh, a half hour script is expected to take hundreds of hours of work based on kind of what the animation guild has listed as what, um, you know, what, the amount of time that we're like allowed to do it or the amount of time that it's suggested to take to do it. So we're really talking about like, you know, uh, like I think that when it breaks down, we make about $15.75 per hour on an animation script when you factor in agents and managers fees and stuff like that, which is like, that's uh less than i made as an assistant when i first moved to los angeles 12 years ago so um you know we're, we're really just trying to shine a light on this huge pay disparity that just exists due to like studio greed more than anything and um you know my my personal spot in the um industry is that um, i'm a tv writer comedian and i'm uh in the animation guild because um i'm a writer for animation and uh, i've written on a ton of you know uh animated shows for, you know, various networks and streaming services and things like that. And, um, like, uh, once you receive a certain number of kind of credit hours on a guild show, it's a, a requirement for you to join, you know, the, the animation guild in, in the case of animation writers. So, um, you know, I'm, a, uh, in the guild as a matter of, you know, being a part of that side of the industry, working in the animation industry. 
Um, but other than that, I'm in the guild because I think the guild is great. It does such a great job of, you know, uh, protecting workers and allowing us to collectively bargain and get things like health insurance, which is great. It's great to have health insurance. Um, so in my specific role is that I'm a volunteer for the, um, communication subcommittee of the animation guilds writers craft committee. So, um, uh, I work with, um, a small group of volunteers to, uh, basically come up with campaigns to kind of, uh, illuminate, um, uh, illuminate the fight that animation workers are going through ahead of our negotiations with the studios, which happens every three years about, you know, negotiating increased rates and uh, better contracts and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, uh, what, just one more tag on that is that, um, I'm, I'm an animation writer. Uh, this pay disparity is not just a writer issue. This is something that's like animation guild wide, like color designers make significantly less than any other craft in the animation guild. Um, like uh, there are so many other crafts, you know, uh, directors, storyboard artists that are like so underpaid for the value that they bring to the studios. Um, what we're looking for, you know, though I'm part of the Animation Guild subcommittee about, uh, you know, uh, paying animation writers more. This is really, uh, you know, an animation wide issue of, of, of pretty much everybody working on this side of the industry. And we're really fighting for, you know, what we're calling a new deal for animation to get uh, just, you know, uh, better rates, better contracts, and, you know, better quality of life for, like, everybody that does this craft that people take so much joy from and the studios make so much money from, you know? You've given us a, a lot of great information, right? Yeah, sorry, I'm just so fired up about this. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 thank you so much. I think you've really set the scene for us. You know, you mentioned how there's this hashtag pay animation writers campaign that specifically talks about how writers such as yourself are undervalued in the industry. And, you know, um, it's just really depressing, you know? I mean, the cost of living continues to rise, especially in places like LA, where I'd imagine most of you are based. Um, yeah, it, it's actually a requirement in the Animation Guild it, because it's a local union. It's under IATSE, um, which is uh, sort of the main union of um, production workers. The Animation Guild is like local 839, I think. Um, because of that, we're required to live in Los Angeles. So, um, so it's like part of our, part of our kind of, uh, part, just part of the, the, the rules of the union is that because we're a local, an LA local union, we have to be in Los Angeles to do these jobs. And, you know, the cost of an apartment in Los Angeles, the average cost, I think is like $2,300 a month. So it's like, you know, if you're writing a kid's 11 minute animation script, um, which the freelance rate for that is $4,200, which, um, takes 200, 200 hours, according to. Uh, you know, kind of what the guild has set aside is, you know, the the value of, of uh, a kid's 11 minute script. That's, you know, we're talking five weeks of work for $4,200 before taxes, 2300 of that after taxes, which is going toward our rent, you know, it's so, so it's like, we're not, uh, we're not living large, you know, uh, it's, it is uh, uh, horribly depressing the rates that we make. But, you know, that's the purpose of these campaigns is to let people know about these disparities so we can hopefully uh i'm not i'm, I'm going to say more than hopefully so that we can definitely fight to get these rates to increase you know with the help of folks like yourself and supporters boosting our cause you talked about this really massive uh pay gap between um writers in the animation space and writers in live action and how that's not that issue um is not only applicable to writers in animation, but just artists in general, how this is, you know, really kind of a larger problem that it seems to be kind of longstanding. Um, so if you don't mind me, me asking Joey, what was kind of the straw that broke 
um, the camel's back, you know, I mean, the campaign started now, but it sounds like um, this issue um, has been around for much longer than we'd like to <laughs> accept. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, the so the this pay disparity is something that has been, uh, I would say, a part of the entertainment industry since like the 60s. It's been a thing for, you know, a, a very long time. And it's something that, uh, you know, folks in the animation industry have been fighting for um, for the longest time ever. And, you know, it, I would say that, um, you know, there have been definitely moments of people fighting for, I would say, you know, fighting for uh, greater rates and stuff like that. Like there are a few adult animated shows, um, you know, The Simpsons and a few other shows that were able to fight for pay parity with live action writers. They're part of the Writers Guild of America, which covers most live action productions. And then like the few animation productions that were able to cover it. And they've set kind of the increased rates that we in the Animation Guild are striving to get. And um, yeah, so uh, like, the, so this has been an issue for, you know, probably what, like 60 years or something like that. And I think that, um, you know, I, I think that the straw that broke the camel's back um, is, I think that this has been, this has been an ongoing thing that people have been upset about. But I would say that we haven't felt empowered you know, as a society to fight for collective bargaining until, you know, fairly recently, like, right, striketober is definitely a thing, you know, um, I would say that the, uh, you know, the, the main IATC, like the main, um, the, kind of the, the main, pa our parent union IATC, um, recently, uh, had their negotiations with the studios and, um, IATC had never even done a strike authorization vote in their entire, you know, like, decades upon decades history as a union in the history of Hollywood. And then finally, like they, uh, you know, just decide they, they were getting such a raw deal in negotiations that they decided to like actually hold a strike authorization vote. And I think that like 98% of members voted on, to approve a strike authorization vote. So 98, 90, so nearly 100% of the union was like, oh, yeah, we will fight for, you know, we're willing to fight for like better, you know, wages and treatment and all of these things. And I would say that that's something that, you know, like has definitely empowered us as a union to believe that, um, you know, not only can we fight for something better than what we have, but like we have to. And then I would say that the pandemic also like, you know, for being real plays a big part of it. Like um, the, um, the live action industry had to shut down over the course of the pandemic because uh, we're in a pandemic. And, you know, if you're shooting, you know, something in person, that's like not maybe the most COVID friendly way to do things. Um, the animation shows uh, have at no point shut down. We just immediately switched to remote work. So like we literally kept the entertainment industry from going bankrupt in 2020 and earlier this year. So, you know, I think that there is definitely a level of frustration among us of seeing like that we like, you know, live action shows instead of shooting live action did like animated specials of their live action shows because that's the only way they could safely produce the episodes. But they were paid like live action rates to do this. Like they were paid, they were paid, you know, great, like worthwhile rates for their time to do this. Meanwhile, animation writers at no point have stopped our production cycles. We've just kept working. The animation or the uh, entertainment industry has really leaned on us to like, you know, create shows and content that's like kept them literally afloat during this pandemic. And, you know, it, I think that there's a feeling of like, hey, the nice thing to do would be to pay us what we're worth for saving your ass, you know? 
So, um, you know, I would say that like kind of those things combined definitely have, uh, you know, I would say uh, increased, have increased people's level of being fired up about this. And, you know, and something I want to say to, to add on to that is I've talked with members of the Animation Guild and members of the unions um, who have been in the unions, you know, for decades and decades and decades. And a lot of them are saying that, like, this is the most fired up they have ever seen the Animation Guild to fight for this stuff. And that's awesome. And that's like, it's so cool to see people that are finally realizing that, like, this is like a real issue that we're going through. And this is like a real cause that it's important that we fight for, you know. You, you've made a lot of really great points right there, uh, Joey. You know, I mean, I feel like some people, if they're not familiar with the the workings of the industry, uh, might just assume that the money isn't there if animation writers are being paid less. But this point you've made about how um, the entertainment industry was buoyed by animation artists and writers, um, you know, during the pandemic. Um, and the fact that all these major networks and streamers are also expanding their animation slate shows that the money's there just isn't being allocated correctly. Um, so yeah. thank you so much for yeah. pointing that out. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, a couple things with that. Like th there was a, I think a, like an article with one of the trades that came out within the past day or two that like kids animation is like one of the main re like uh, uh, subscription drivers for like a lot of the major streaming services. <laughs> So it's like, you know, and, there, you know, there are, uh, you know, like animation, kids animation shows and like li and adult animation shows are some of the top shows on the major streamers on their top 10 most stream shows lists. Um, you know, you could also look at a show like, um, you know, uh, to use examples from the 80s that I think has been thrown around a lot from, you know, folks in the Animation Guild, like the show Dallas was a really big hit in the 80s. The show Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a really big hit in the 80s. Which show are they still making episodes of? You know, like, so I think that to say that we're providing less value for the entertainment industry is, I mean, like, it's just incorrect. It's just like, it, it's just, you're just, it's incorrect and based on no data, you know? And, um, you know, and like uh, two more points on that. One, um, to go back to what I was talking about, about COVID, uh, like, th so this is like, this is a fairness issue in that we're doing literally the same job and we're providing so much value for these studios. We deserve to be paid what we're worth. The other side of it is it's like also, it's a money issue on the other side of, um, due to COVID, uh, live action shows have increased COVID safety protocols that have upped the budget of live action shows. I think per episode, $260,000 per episode of a live action show for just, you know, like increased COVID tests and COVID uh, safety workers and stuff like that. Uh, animation has, has we have, you know, I work from my apartment, like animators are animating from their apartments. We have none of those increased costs from, you know, due to COVID. So like, I don't know if they, if they stapled an extra hundred thousand dollars onto the budget of each animated show. So the dozens of people who work on the show could like get paid what we're worth. That's still a $160,000 bargain of what they're paying per episode of a live action show. And I know these are big numbers that I'm throwing around, but it's like, I'm just using this as an example of like, live action shows just filming during COVID are significantly more expensive and animation shows have seen no uptick in how much it costs. We might actually be cheaper because we're not paying for office space to staff everybody in because we're all working from home. And then... Um, the uh, other point to what you're saying about like whether the money is there or not, um, 
like uh, I think that it's easy to define this as a kids issue versus an adult issue, but there are there are kids there are kids animated shows that are in the animation guild, and then there are kids live action shows that are getting paid live action rates that are both geared toward kids, probably both equally profitable. There are adult animated shows like Harley Quinn is an example on HBO Max, which is an amazing show, which is in the Animation Guild and being paid Animation Guild rates. And then meanwhile, there's The Simpsons, which is getting paid, you know, like essentially live action rates through the WGA. So, you know, it's so there's not really necessarily any rhyme or reason as to whether like, oh, kids shows are worth less or adult shows are worth more because there are kids shows that are animation and live action that are both making vastly different rates. And then there are adult shows that are animated and also animated that are both adult that are making vastly different rates so you know it's it's just like our goal is for like this uh clear disparity and issue to get worked out you know yeah i think it goes without saying that there there seems to be a lot of inconsistency um with how people are paid depending on the production maybe i'm i'm not sure if you can speak to this um joey but one thing that i've seen pushed a lot in the trades is this issue with uh streamers um and the how they manage their contracts um, it seems like like certain barriers have put in, been put in place that are preventing animation writers and other artists from getting raises um, kind of based on how like seasons are ordered. Can you can you speak to that at all? Um, yeah, uh, thank you for asking that. Um, so that's a very good question. Um, so there are there are a couple of different things with that. One is um, I, I want to say uh, I'm probably going to get the year wrong, but like 2008, 2009, around when streaming services were becoming a thing. We, um, I think that the Animation Guild agreed on a deal, which is called, I believe, Side Letter N, which uh, uh, don't ask me what that stands for or what that means. But basically what, what it means in super layman's terms is that, uh, you know, in 2008, 2009, uh, streaming services seemed like, you know, kind of a gamble as to whether they would be successful or profitable or not. So we agreed to that, like, there would be a rate set aside for streaming shows that is less than our union minimum. So like less than what our traditional weekly rates and freelance rates are, you know, to accommodate for this like potentially risky venture, uh, you know, 12 years later, and there are probably more people watching shows on the streaming services than are watching shows on TV, but like that deal still exists. So, you know, like, so you can still get paid. You still are paid less as a writer or an artist working on a streaming service than you would be on like, you know, traditional cable or network show, even though streaming is making billions of dollars of profit every year, you know, it's so like, so that's, that's part of it. And then an additional part of that is that, um, for streaming services, uh, oftentimes, um, they'll order episodes basically by episode order, but not necessarily, um, not necessarily upon starting the job or upon signing the contract separated into a season. So, um, you could write, you know, you could, uh, so usually for like, uh, you know, network TV and stuff like that, um, it's based on season orders. So it's like, oh, you'll have a season order of, you know, Rick and Morty. That's like 20 episodes or something like that. And then, you know, your contract is based on seasons. So every season, you know, it's written in your contract that you get like a little bit of a pay bump and a title bump that allows you to like climb the ladder in your career. Um, whereas in streaming, um, because streaming doesn't necessarily have, uh, you know, seasons in the traditional sense. They more have episode drops. Episodes kind of all drop at the same time. Um, the, uh, like, we're, we'll be basically given an episode order of, like, 40 to 60 episodes or whatever. And, uh, you know, that that's just an example. You know, it can vary to usually less than that. That's, like, a bigger order. And, you know, that that episode order of, you know, 40 episodes 
could be like that's that's considered one season in your contract but the way that the streamers release it it could be one season it could be five seasons it could be three seasons and so you're like locked in to basically you're like starting level um title which is staff writer and your starting level rate for five seasons of show of, of a show whereas if it was television you'd be able to negotiate for like you know increased rates and increased uh positions and stuff like that and it is also this thing that like it affects our mobility and our careers as writers because like um like on the live action side it's written into your contract that you know you start out as a staff writer then you're like co-story editor then story editor then co-producer then producer then and it's so you can kind of work up the ranks so you know if the if like you're working on a show that goes three seasons and you work your way up to a co-producer or producer or something like that the next show that you write on you can start on that show at a producer level and then work your way up from there to co-ep ep showrunner whatever you know and um because animation does these like big episode orders that, that they then break into seasons later and they're also just like less titles in animation writing which is another thing that we're like fighting for is just like title parody um you're hired as a staff writer and then you'll be a staff writer you know for two years or however long your job is and then it'll come out and that'll be five seasons of the show and then on your resume you're a staff writer for five seasons which is like a red flag for you know if you would like to work in live action of like oh you were a staff writer for five seasons without getting promoted you must be an awful writer <laughs> um so that like it it uh devalues us by not allowing us the same career progression as live action workers and you know because there are also just like less titles in animation there's like titles also mean different things there's like staff writer is a base level writer um and then like story editor which is like one level above staff writer in live action in animation a story editor is like basically the second in command of running the show so you know like if we had you know similar title parody so that you could see so that we could see progression in our careers that's also something that would just like aid in our ability to, you know, negotiate better for ourselves and get better deals for ourselves. Um, so yeah, like that's something that, you know, uh, streaming multiple episodes orders and also just like our lack of titles in the animation guild, which is something that we're fighting to, you know, see equality with live action writers is definitely also, you know, a big thing and a big issue on the table. You've, you've said a lot right there, Joey, and really appreciate you being so thorough. Um, you know, this kind of reveals a, a broader problem, really just the broader impact of um, this this pay imbalance, um, this lack of, um, I guess, like like pay equity or pay parity, as, as you said it, um, between uh, live action and animation writers, how, you know, um, like specifically in the case of like those season orders, how it not just affects the writers in terms of how they're paid, but also their long-term advancement. Um, you're talking about like the resumes and job titles really not reflecting the kind of work that they put into those productions. So that's extremely um, unsettling. Well, yeah, like like uh, in, in live action, you usually stop being a staff writer after you're like, it's like your second job, you negotiate to be something other than a staff writer. Whereas in animation, animation guild, you could be a staff writer for 30 years and, you know, and that's, and that's still, you're making still entry level rates for the craft at, you know, at that title. And then, um, like, uh, uh, another thing about that, that like, you know, I think is definitely worth flagging is that, um, I mean, for me, I think that this is a fight really of like us being valued for our like talents and abilities. Um, this is like a highly competitive industry to get into. Um, you know, you don't just move to Los Angeles and immediately get a freelance script or a writing job. I was talking like, you know, I mentioned earlier that like 
you know, a kid's 11 minute freelance script rate is $4,200 a kid's or a, a half hour animated script. The freelance rates like $8,000 or something like that, which sounds like a lot of money. But like if you sell three freelance scripts in your, in a year, that is a lot. Like that is, you are killing it. You're not getting a freelance script every week. You're getting one, you know, because this is an industry largely based on, you know, networking and people, you know, and stuff like that. Like it's something that like that's something that like is a rarity to get. So it's like we fight so hard. Like it took me f- six years in Los Angeles before I got my first freelance script, and ten years in Los Angeles before I got my first staff writing job on an animation show. And this is like ten years of like hustling, writing scripts, working side jobs, you know, writing you know in my spare time to like hopefully build my portfolio up and all of that stuff. So like you know this is basically like it's like working for twelve, ten, eleven, twelve years of your life to get the right to make $15 and 75 cents an hour writing one episode of a kid's show, you know? And, um, you know, I, and I think that, um, so with that in mind, something that's also just frustrating about this, about the value of it is that, you know, the industry views live action writers as more valuable, even though we do literally the same job. Like if you're a lot, like if, uh, you know, just using like, uh, you know, uh, like exa- personal examples and examples from friends of mine, it's like, Friends of mine have written on shows as an animation writer, you know, with years of experience in the craft, writing specifically where like kids animation and comedy. And then like a live action writer could get staffed on that show. Um, and even though they have no experience in animation, the kid space or comedy, like they can negotiate a significantly higher rate than any animation writers. So like uh, it's it's a matter of like a thousand dollars more for a live action writer writing an, on an animated show. Um, per week, like just by virtue of them having written in live action. And then if an animated writer asks for a similar rate, it's like laughed off. Like, it's like, oh, there's no, like, that's crazy that you're asking for the same rate as a live action writer, even though they have zero experience in this thing that you're hugely experienced in. So we're like devalued even within our own craft, you know? Yeah, you know, I, with everything that you said, Joey, it sounds like there might almost be this um, like subconscious... Um infantilization of animation um that a lot of these like studio execs um are feeling or something you know the fact that um someone who has more tenure in the industry can't negotiate a higher rate than someone who um moves from live action into animation is ridiculous um and you've touched on you know just the amount of time it takes to um enter the field as well i think it goes without saying that you and uh, your colleagues are all well educated and extremely hard workers if anyone um has ever tried to work in entertainment they know that finding an entry point is extremely difficult and while i'm sure that you know a lot of um you know what you do is because you have a passion for writing you know money certainly is an object to be ignorant to say otherwise you deserve to be rewarded for your efforts well, yeah, yeah, like, we're, I mean, and that, and that's, that's, I think, something that's, like, really, I guess, depressing to me about the whole thing is that, like, we entered this, these industries and we, you know, worked for, you know, in some cases, like, decades of our lives to even get our foot in the door because we love it, because we love telling these stories and because we love making TV and, like, making, you know, fun goofs with our friends. And, I mean, this is just me talking, but I feel like our love for doing this is used to exploit us to make significantly less than what we're worth, especially when like you think about it in terms of like these characters that we create are earning these studios and streamers billions of dollars. Um, and, you know, specifically in the kids animation space, like, 
we create shows that help raise the world's kids, yet we aren't even paid enough to afford a home for our own families to live in or child care to help raise our kids. It's it's messed up. It's like it's truly yeah, it's like truly just like a a legitimate gripe, I would say. <laughs> Yeah, bitterly I- ironic to-, to say the least. But um, you know, Joey, you- you've you've I think underscored um th- this issue so eloquently for us. I, I want to respect your time, if you don't mind. I I just have a couple more questions for you before we wrap up. So um, as a lot of our listeners probably already know, negotiations for pay parity um are still ongoing. You've got the hashtag pay animation um writers movement going on um on social media and then the uh, hashtag new deal for animation which i think is directed more broadly at animation professionals what can our listeners do to support you in the guild um during this time so uh i I would say that um the the ways to support us is to just like uh you know uh if you're on social media you know don't be afraid to you know retweet these um don't be afraid to retweet these uh, these campaigns. You know, use the hashtag PayAnimationWriters. Use the hashtag New Deal for Animation. Um, you know, uh, read up on articles. You know, I think that definitely like be be vocal in your support for animation workers because, you know, like by doing that, you're you're not just like putting a signal to us that you you know that you care about and value our craft and the work that we've dedicated our lives to doing. But you're also putting a message to the studios and the streamers that like people realize that we're getting a raw deal and that we deserve better and that and your support for us is like invaluable like it's uh you know it's it's um uh, the, the i guess some a little bit of context like the the pay animation writers and new deal for animation um hashtags uh were like the number one trending hashtags in los angeles and california several times over the past month and like that fires us up. We're all on email chains in the animation guild where we're just like in awe that people are supporting the message that we're pushing. So, you know, like if you're a fan of animation and if you love animation shows and you like want to support the people who create those shows, like this is the time to be vocal about how you're supporting our fight, you know? Yeah. Well said, Joey. Thank you so much. And to all our listeners uh, tuning in right now, if you'd like to learn more about the hashtag pay animation writers uh, campaign um, or just more about TAG in general, uh, we'll post all of the um, pertinent links in the interview description. Make sure you take to social media, retweet, hashtag as much as you can um, to support Joey and his colleagues. But um, yeah, Joey, I really appreciate your time today. This has definitely been um, one of the more somber interviews we've had because it is upsetting um, that this issue even exists. But it is encouraging um, to know that we have um, such eloquent and outspoken advocates such as yourself um, fighting for your fellow writers and artists. Really appreciate your time. Um, yeah. Once again, thank you so much for having me and for, you know, for covering our fight. Um, it's uh, by getting the word out and, you know, standing with us with stuff like this. This is how this is how change is going to happen. And also, uh, everybody should know the somber tone of this interview uh, I'm a comedian usually, so I'm usually funnier than this. So like that I'm being serious means I'm real fired up. So that means you should be fired up. <laughs> well, well said, Joey. Um, I- any last words um, or I- any last things you want to say before we wrap up? Yeah, I guess I would say uh, any last words. You know, uh, once again, you know, if you're listening to this episode, clearly you're a fan of animation. So uh, thank you su- for supporting all the work that we do. And, you know, I hope that you'll, outside of supporting the shows that we create, I hope that you'll support the creators of our shows in joining us on this, you know, fight for, 
you know, uh, pay parity between live action animation writers and also just like uh, increased wages and, and quality of life for the people that create these shows that, you know, you love and are fans of. Thank you, Joey. Well said. Um, good luck to you in the future. We'll continue to um, follow TAG and the Pay Animation Writers Campaign and um, uh, keep our listeners updated um, accordingly. But good luck to you. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And real quick, before we wrap up, we did want to make a small correction. Uh, the Animation Guild freelance writer minimums for a half-hour script are $9,099, whereas live-action half-hour minimums under WGA rates range anywhere from $12,290 to as high as $27,000. Now, $9,099 might sound like a lot, but when agent and manager fees are factored in, as well as the hundreds of hours it takes to write a freelance script, animation writers are only making a few cents over minimum wage per hour, um, all while living in one of the most expensive cities in the country. Uh, we've got a great graphic in the show notes that really breaks this issue down. Um, and of course, if you'd like to learn more about the Pay Animation Writers Campaign and the issues surrounding it, we'll include a direct link to uh, the Animation Guild's campaign page. Um, but want to thank everybody for listening. Let's do our best to support TAG. Oh, my God.